Welcome everybody to our brand new podcast. Um, we're also going to be filming this and putting it on our YouTube channel so you can get the visual version or if you just want all of our sweet melodious tones just <laughs> in your ears, you can listen to us on any of your favorite podcast providers. But uh, yeah. uh, I'm Jesse Mayer um, and this is Pastor Doug Peake um, mm-hmm. and he's got a a doctorate and so many credentials that it's kind of ridiculous <laughs> a little bit. I forget all the letters. It's an alphabet soup, but he's he's significantly qualified yes, for this yes, podcast. Yes, yes. I've been here 24 years preaching in this church alone. Here so. at Foothills Christian mm-hmm. Church in Absolutely, Boise, Idaho, huh? absolutely. So, yeah, and we wanted to start doing these things. Uh, there's so much going on in the world right now, and I just felt... Uh, that the Lord has a lot to say about what's going on. People have a lot of questions, you know, and all these disruptions, the pandemic, all of the political division and the protests, it just seems like the world is spinning out of control. And so a lot of people have a lot of questions. And what I believe is that the ancient scriptures are inerrant. They're inspired by God and they speak into these things. And so I'm I'm a God guy and I'm a Bible guy. And so I want to be able to uh, help everybody who is a part of Foothills or come across Foothills or ever been exposed to anybody at Foothills uh, to help you grow in your faith. And so that's what we're going to do and kind of uh, hopefully get these things going on a more regular basis. Well, and I think when we were talking about this, you had said, you know, I'm not going to take a stance on things. I'm speaking into them based on biblical truths, right? And so, yeah, it's not my it's not my opinion. It's not an opinion podcast. No, it's an evidence and what the Bible says. Podcast. Yeah, exactly. And and to help people understand uh, very important biblical principles to help them navigate how to make decisions and how they can take their own positions on these things. And so that's really important to understand because as a church, really, Foothills is so different because so many people who do what I do, they spend a lot of their time telling people what they should believe and why they should believe that way. And so people a lot of times carry convictions or, or thoughts that uh, are not their own. And really the essence of faith is you internalizing what God is speaking to you through his revelation. That's why the Bible is so important. And so you have to embrace the truth, wrestle with the truth. You have to weave it into your soul. It's only when you weave it into your soul that it really is transformative in your own life. And it starts to bring clarity. It brings direction. It brings guidance. Yeah, it's not some, you know, uh, abstract principle that a guy you or gal you respect told you to think. You know what I'm saying? It's actually, oh, this is woven into my soul. This is my conviction. That's why getting into the Bible on these things is so critical to me. Yes, absolutely. So what else are we expecting on this? So we're going to have some biblical truths. We're really diving into kind of what's going on in the world. And then you had said you also wanted to kind of start prepping people for what you or Pastor Harv might be speaking about the next week here at Foothills. Yeah, yeah, and you and I kind of talked about this a little bit, and I just thought, I'm going to do something a little different, because a lot of times when people podcast, uh, they usually will talk about the message that they already preached, so people can kind of go deeper. We're going to invert the whole thing, and what we're going to do is we're going to say, this is what we're going to be preaching and teaching this coming Sunday. And so I'm hoping that you can kind of start digging into it a little bit, that you can kind of kind of whet your appetite, maybe learn some things so that when Sunday comes and you come to worship God and you open your heart to what God wants to tell you, God is the one speaking to you. 
You see, that's that's a big deal to me. I want God to speak to you. I may be the vessel, right. but um, it's not my opinions or my thoughts or my really bad jokes. What it is is I want God to speak to you. And so this, I think, this process is not only going to help people have clarity about what's going on in the world, but they'll also be able to see and discover uh, uh, and pre- prep themselves for what God wants to teach them on Sunday. Well, and I think prepping their minds so that they can better understand where you're coming from. They can make connections between what you're talking about here and what you're talking about on Sunday that some people coming in without this may not immediately make. It may come later to them. It'll it'll prep their minds and their bodies and their souls to really get what they need to out of what you're... Yeah, and I think it could really help people evangelize or share... Or witness because they can go. Oh, you know, my pastor is going to be talking about this, and we were we were having a discussion a while back, and and it just reminded me of your question, and so maybe you ought to uh, join in with me. Let's listen, see, and kind of dig through this. So, and the the passage that we're going to be working on uh, this coming Sunday in our series right now, it has to do with suffering. You know, how do we persevere in suffering? And it's First Peter chapter one. And it's uh, verses 3 through 12. So and I've actually got that pulled up. I'll read it. Yeah, um, Jesse, why don't you read that for us? So First Peter 1, 3 through 12, uh, verse 3. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that, you're, so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even through refined, even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of this grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you. When they spoke of things that have now been told to you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, even angels long to look into those these things. Mm, Yeah. You know one of the one of the couple significant things about this passage I want to draw your attention to and that is first of all is that We are receiving the end result of our faith, verse 9, and that is the salvation of our souls. And and right now, I think everybody in this world is uh, hearing a lot of stuff. You know, our news media is saying a lot of things. Uh, You know, a lot of people are on social media, and social media has a lot of memes, a lot of cliches, a lot of this. Fills our lives. And, And what I have found is that some people in their faith are being more influenced by social media or cultural trends or the uh, uh, Paul writes in Ephesians every wind of doctrine in other words every principle that's thrown out there instead of rooted in the basic principles of the New Testament 
And the reason you want to be rooted in the basic principles of the New Testament is because the goal is you to receive the entire result of your faith. What is the point of faith? It's the salvation of your soul. And Satan is fighting over your soul, you see. And so he's going to do everything to destroy your faith in order to undermine the salvation of your soul. And that's why the world is so confused right now. And there's so many, so much anger and hatred. Right. I mean, if you ever want to know if Satan exists or not, just look at all the anger and hatred and war and violence in the world. I mean, that is the wake of the boat that he's charting through history. And the, yeah, and it's not just now. We've had this history yeah. of these things happening throughout. It's yeah, not something new to 2020. We've had the <laughs> hatred and the anger and the violence since the beginning of... Since the beginning of time. There's a statistic out there that a lot of people are not aware, aware of, and that is in 7,000 years of recorded human history, there's only been 238 years of actual peace. Of world peace. Of world peace. Yeah, that's a very small percent. In other words, there's always somebody in the world fighting in a war with somebody else. Yeah. The second thing I want to draw our attention to is really verse 7. And and this is what I like people to think about this week and dig into. And verse 7 says this. These have come. In other words, these trials of suffering. He talks about those uh, in verse 6. And he says, these trials have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold which perishes even though refined by fire may result in praise glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed and what he's saying there is that you're suffering you're suffering grief you're suffering great pain in these trials and the trials of the church at this time were immense per- persecution People were being thrown in jail. Their businesses and property seized. Many of them had been martyred for their faith. Family members killed because of what they believed. And so he's saying these are great sufferings. And he says, you don't have to lose your faith in the midst of suffering. You see, so many people abandon faith when the going gets tough, when they start to suffer. And today, in today's world, if you go to the university, you know, most people have no idea that when they send their wonderful little chipmunk (laughs) off to college, that Satan has just invited them into his territory. And in their gen ed class as a freshman, they're going to take a course, and that course has one goal in mind, and that is to destroy their faith. Most people are not aware of that. And so their kid comes back and they're like, what in the world happened to my kid? Well, I'll tell you what happened to your kid in that your kid was confronted with this argument. It's the most common argument in universities today. And it's a fairly substantive argument. And it's simply like this. And that is because suffering exists, there can be no God. And here's how the logical syllogism works. And that is... If God is all-powerful, or the postulate is God is all-powerful, then the second postulate is Christians say God is all-loving. Okay? But wait, evil exists. So that's the third postulate. And then the conclusion, therefore, there is no God. Now, you hear it in phraseology 
this way, and that is, well, if God's all-powerful, then why doesn't he get rid of evil? Why do bad things happen to people who follow him and say they love him? Well, the fact that there is evil in the world and God has the power to do something about it can only mean one thing, that God doesn't love you. He doesn't really care, you know? He's treating you like a pawn. Who wants to serve a God like that? I don't want to believe in a God who's mean. Right. You know, he doesn't love you. Look at you. You're suffering with cancer. You've lost a loved one or your business is, you know, you were betrayed by your business partner. What kind of God allows that kind of stuff to go on? Uh, the, uh, the second way that it's phrased has to do with the second postulate about is God all loving? And that is, well, if God is all loving and there's evil in the world, then he may love me and care about me, but he's so weak, he can't do anything about it. Why do you want to serve a weak God? You know, I saw a bumper sticker here in Idaho recently that kind of said that, uh, which I thought was really interesting. And it was uh, um, on young a young person's car. Us young people. <laughs> you young peoples. And it just basically says that your, your God was hung on a tree. My God carries a hammer. And they're referring to the pagan deity, you know, like Thor, you know. Yeah, right. Yeah, it was so. And so I thought that was really interesting. Uh, uh, that people are like, I wanna, if I'm going to serve a God, he, he better be powerful and strong how it's hanging on a tree that's just weak well and it's almost like they want it the burger king style they want it their way they're like this is my (laughs) vision of what a god should be or my god should be right yeah and and so in essence they that comes up and so well i can't you know your college professor is going to say i can't serve there is no god because there's evil in the world and we know that evil exists but i think there's one problem with this argument and, and that is, if there is no God, guess what? You have a greater problem with suffering than if there is a God in your suffering. And here's the reason why. Because if you're suffering and there's no God, then there is no evil. So there's no meaning, there's no purpose, and your suffering's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. You see, if there is no God then there is no standard for determining whether something is evil or not. There's no standard for determining suffering or not. There's no standard for determining whether something is just or not, weak or not. You see, all we are in a closed cause-effect system that's based on Darwinian evolution, which says the strongest or fittest are the only ones who survive. So the oppression of people is an irrelevancy. That's just the way it is. Your suffering is irrelevant. So what? No one cares. There is no universe that cares. So what's really fascinating is that if you're a Christian and you're suffering, you may be tempted to abandon your faith. But if you're a person with no faith in your suffering, you're in a worse position. Yeah, it's all for naught. It's yeah. you're just suffering for no purpose. Yeah. There's no not only is there no purpose, there's no reason to even believe you're suffering. <laughs> Which now think chew on that for a yeah, second. Because <laughs> I mean it's like if there's no greater calling, there's no morality, then it's like what I'm doing to you is not wrong. It's just yeah. you're it just, weaker than me. Yes. And so 
and I can take advantage of it. You can suffer, and I don't care. And I don't care, yeah. And that's what a lot of people don't realize is, like, in the Roman Empire in the first century, uh, they, they were incredible at slavery. I mean, they were the most efficient at slavery. They, they say at one point, 50% of the population of Rome was enslaved. It's absolutely amazing how many people they enslaved. And, and yet they had zero conscience about it. As a matter of fact, their position was is that since I defeated you, you deserve slavery. I'm, I'm doing you a favor by enslaving you and not killing you. Right. So they saw it as a just act. Think about that. They saw slavery as an act of justice in their belief system. Today, you see this play out in India. When you go to India and you spend time in India, what you see is you see tremendous poverty and people, lots of people begging, lots of people trying to get ahead. And what's interesting is it's still based on the caste system, which is influenced by Hinduism. A lot of people are not aware that in Hindi, the word caste means color. So people who are of a darker color are a part of the lowest caste. And I was talking to our missionary over in uh, India, John Gabriel. And I said, hey, John, how many, how many people, what percent of the population is a part of the untouchables or the lowest caste? And he says 50% of the entire country. Of, of the entire country is a part of that caste. And so... And what's, they're a pretty dense country. Yeah, yeah. They have like, population. yeah, they're over a billion now. Yeah. It's very, in a very small area. It's very, very crowded. And what's fascinating about that is that they believe that you're a part of that caste because you were reincarnated because in your former life, you're now paying for the karma so that you, you were something. placed there. And so there's no incentive for the upper castes to help anybody out. Because it's cosmic justice for exactly. your punishment from your previous life. We, exactly. We, we don't want to interfere with your punishment. You need to stay there. Yeah, you're being punished. And, and that's what you get. And so, isn't that interesting? So, so, when there is no God or there is no just God, then your suffering is what you deserve. And that... That's what's fascinating about it. So let's go back to verse 7. Even though suffering causes people to abandon their faith, is if you're a Christian, there is no reason that it has to. Just because people will abandon their faith in suffering or they get weak need in suffering, you, it doesn't mean you have to. Does that make sense? Yes. Just because other people are doing it doesn't mean you have to do it as well. Right. And that's what he's saying. See, he's saying you don't have to uh, fall victim to your suffering. You can have victory over your suffering because it is proving the genuineness of your faith. So think about that for a moment. How does suffering prove the genuineness of our faith? Well, he says over and over, First Peter, that suffering is like fire tempering almost yeah and so when you take a precious metal and you put it in great heat what happens is the heat purifies it the reason why is because like let's say gold Mm -hmm. what happens is heat doesn't affect gold it just liquefies it but it doesn't affect it but what does it do to all the impurities in the gold 
burns them out. It burns them out. See, it burns them out. And so that he's, he's saying, you know, suffering is like a fiery furnace, which means that totally sucks. Can I say that on my podcast? Uh, it's your podcast. <laughs> okay. Our podcast. We set the rules. I feel it's like su- it's probably Yeah, okay. so suffering is terrible. It's terrible, terrible, terrible. But it proves the genuineness of your faith. Sometimes uh, we, cannot, we cannot experience a deepening trust in God until we're in suffering, until we've suffered for our faith. Or through our faith. And the reason why is suffering is a fire that reveals the divided loyalties of our hearts. It reveals to ourselves the things that I don't even know in good times that interfere with the purity of my faith in Christ when I have nothing but Christ and Christ alone. So refinement. Yep. Suffering and pain brings refinement of our faith. And that's not a message you hear today. What? There's a lot of people focusing on, well, everything is going to be great as long as you just believe and you have faith and trust. Everything's going to be okay, right? It's hard to talk about that. You're going to have to go through trying times sometimes. You'll come out better for them, but nobody wants to talk about the hard times because that's not the, that's not the, I guess, the easy sell for people. It's not the thing that they want to buy into. One of the things I found today, uh, is that there's starting in about uh, the early to mid-80s, there was a philosophical shift in the way that the gospel was presented to people. And, and then we've had whole generations of people raised in that. And what really is concerning to me about it is this, is that Jesus Christ is your Savior, which is true. That is a, a truth statement from the Scriptures. But what a lot of these young people believe and why their faith can struggle is because they believe that Jesus came to save them from their problems or their failures. And they don't understand that Jesus Christ died on the cross to save them from what has polluted their soul. See, and, and it's, I need to be saved before I'll ever be saved from problems or things not working out for me in my life well and it kind of reminds me of the series you did around easter rescued it was what is he coming to save you from right Right. yeah and that's where the difference in people's understanding is is like you said there's a lot of people that think oh everything's going to be happy he's going to save me from any bad things yeah i'm just going to be perfect and my life's going to be perfect after i accept jesus and that is not what he came to save us from no he came us from the things that i have that either wittingly or unwittingly, you know, I have brought into my soul that have polluted my soul. And, and that's what suffering does. Is suffering, it purifies us from those things. Because the only way to get rid of them is to burn them out. All right. <laughs> well, we're about five minutes from the end. Okay. Uh, where... Is there anything else you want to speak into as we're coming up on this Sunday sermon? You're coming back. You've been on a bit of a sabbatical, <laughs> marrying off two of your three children in less yes. than two weeks. Yeah, boy, that was crazy, but it was wonderful, but crazy. Um, what do you want people to know? Is there anything else you want to share with them as we lead into this into the sermon on Sunday? Or um, well, what I'd like people to do is just read First Peter uh, chapter one verses three through twelve. You know, the more you read First Peter, 
if you want to read the whole book, it's only five chapters long. It doesn't take very long, but you'll see the theme. And, and what I have found is that one of the most important things that you can do is read something over and over and over again for a period of time. You know, you'll capture new things. You'll see it in a different way, yeah. right? Well, and I've noticed just my own experiences. What happens is the first time I read it, I'm trying to figure out, okay, what is he saying? And then the second or third time I read it, I, start, I, I kind of figure out the grammar and the syntax so it flows a little smoother, you know. But then, and then I'll go through a phase where I'm just reading it and not paying attention. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm just reading it. It's yes. like, well, I'm just reading it. So what I'm thinking about, oh, I need to mow the words lawn. In, words and, <laughs> yeah, words in, words out. You know, so I go through that little phase, you know. And, and what I have found is what's happening there uh, is, is that the word as I'm reading it in that phase is wrestling with the busyness and all the other stuff in my, my brain that wants, doesn't want to receive it. Does that make sense? Yes. So at first, for the first five days, I'll read it. And then the next five days, I'll read it. And there's actually this little battle going on. It's like I read it and I think, oh, I don't get anything out of this. And then I've seen so many people read the same passage. And then after fourth or fifth time, they just quit. Right. And I'm like, no, that's... You're that's almost a, there. <laughs> yeah, that's like starting the hike, you know. And it's like, oh, I feel really, really great. And then everybody goes to that little part where, oh, okay, I'm not having fun, you know. But then, and then this, the last part of the hike is when you're invigorated and you're, you know what I'm saying? Yes. And, and so get to that point because then I start reading and my brain, uh, the parts of it that don't want to receive it have lost the battle because the word of God is powerful. It always wins. And then what happens is then I, it starts to seep. You know, and then things start popping out and the Holy Spirit's like, aha, I got you now. <laughs> and so so please read, just read, 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 read uh, if this week. If uh, um, you can just read verses three through 12 and let it seep in. I think on Sunday you're going to be really ready to hear some things. And uh, the last thing I want to say is a big shout out to Pastor Harv. I just. You know, he's in the midst of a giant transition in his own life, you know, Absolutely. so we got to pray for him because it's hard to leave one place that you've been in over 30, 30 years. years yeah, and go start anew. So we want to pray for him and his family and their transition. But the biggest thing is, even in the midst of that, he came each week. He delivered great, powerful words uh, from the Lord, and it really blessed us. So uh, I want to give a big shout out to him and say thank you for what he did during that time and allowed me to focus on the 50 or 60 relatives from both sides of each family <laughs> that we, I mean, we unified all kinds of families Get this last all. month. <laughs> so, so uh, tomorrow what we'll do is we'll pick up where we left off and then we're going to start talking a little bit more about application on some of these things. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, again, you'll be able to find these on any of your podcast subscription feeds or on our YouTube channel. Um, Foothills Boise and uh, give it a five star yeah, review make sure it, we want this to be shared outside of just our local Foothills Church we want this yeah. there's a lot of stuff that we're going to be talking about over the course of this podcast that's going to really influence people that maybe didn't know they needed to hear something so the more we can get those five star ratings um, the more you can share these things the yeah. more that people are getting this the more people we can impact and, and create great change especially right now there's a lot of confusing information coming yeah. out from all of the different media, social media, yeah. the regular media, the news media, all of it is giving you so much garbage right now. And so yeah. to have these biblical truths 
presented in this way and just really discussing them, I think there's a lot of people that would really want to hear that. And the only way we can do that is to feed the algorithm on, yeah. on all of these things. <laughs> every five-star rating every five-star drops rating it. helps yep. us. So yep. Pushes it to the top. Now please the share, button, comment, yeah. and uh, rate it as a five-star. So. Yeah, thank you guys, and we will see you tomorrow the next day. Thank you.